You are listening to Dear Texas Radio, a program of Dear Texas Read and sponsored by Texas Authors Incorporated. If you would like to ask today's guest author a question, please do so on Twitter using the hashtag DearTexasRadio. However, not all questions will be answered during the show. Now sit back and enjoy listening to today's show and learn about a Texas author and their books. Charlotte Canyon, and I'm the author of the book, You Have to Laugh to Keep from Crying, How to Parent Your Parents. And I will be your host this evening, and we are so glad to hear from Pat Haddock. She's one of Texas authors, and I think she's been doing this for quite a while. Pat, are you there? Yes, yes, I am. Thank you for having me. Well, we're glad to have you on the air. Can you? T- you've written quite a few books. I'm just going to let you tell a little bit, you know, the titles of your book and just a, maybe a line or two about each of the books. Well, my first book, uh, my my dog wrote. It's called Dear Aunt Peggy, Emails from Petey Pup, and it covers all of his adventures and misadventures. Uh, he stayed in trouble a lot because he was just he was just one of those dogs that had a fabulous personality, but it kept him in trouble. The next book was Amelia's Gift. That one was written to show today's ten year old girls what it was like to be ten years old when their grandmothers were that age. It's set in a small Texas town. It covers from 10 to 12 in Amelia's life. It's called Amelia's Gift. And that was at a time before we had anything more powerful than a radio. No TV, no handheld games, no cell phones, no uh, computers that were available in the home. The third one, of course, I've been badgered for years by my family to publish a cookbook of recipes I've collected I started collecting them in 1983. Wow. And finally got to the point where I needed to to get them out there for the family. They were, quite frankly, wanting me to make all of the recipes. And I thought, well, if you get the recipe, you can make it yourself. So I put that one out there. And I've actually had a lot of friends who've really enjoyed that because they're quick, easy, down-home recipes that you don't have to have a bunch of wild ingredients to to make. The last one that I put out in 17 is called Quick Reads, and that one is an anthology of all of the short stories that I've had published in other places and regained the copyright on them. Those magazines are no longer available, and I thought, well, at least if I publish it, I do have control over how long it's on the market. Uh, that one that one has several winning stories in it. Uh, I wrote one, actually, about the battle at the Alamo, and that one won with Texas authors, actually, uh, in their historical fiction section. Oh, how neat is that? Well, with that being said, I read in your bio that you're a sixth-generation Texan. I have to share with you, my husband 
is a sixth-generation Texan, and his ancestors came over with Stephen F. Austin, and uh-huh. his family name is on the Alamo. Right. Now, is your family name up there? What no, is I'm afraid my my oh, folks shoot. were sodbusters. <laughs> oh, shoot, I was hoping because I was going to compare because my husband's family name was Burnett, and it was spelled with one N and two T's, and I know there's a lot of different spellings of Burnett. I was hoping that y'all might be related. I was thinking well, that would be... <laughs> I'm related to a lot of people, but I'm not sure I'm related to a Burnett. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was that was really interesting. L- let's back up a little bit, and you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family. You know, uh, just tell us a little bit of you know what part of Texas you live in, and you know uh, a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in Amarillo, uh, born and grew up there. Uh, when I left home, I lived in. Uh, Garland for a while and moved to Odessa and then moved back to Richardson and Dallas and East Dallas and then uh, moved up to Van Alstine uh, in 2000 and I lived there until a couple of years ago when I got tired of taking care of a big old house and two acres so now I live in a small apartment in an in a uh, active senior development, and I love it. Oh, me. I love it. So you live north I, I of just, Dallas, did you say? Yes, in Sherman. In Sherman? Oh. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I've lived in Not Sherman. Not too far from Oklahoma border. Right. You don't ever go up to the casinos, though, I'm sure. <laughs> no, actually, I don't go to the casinos. I do go to the Amish stores. They gotcha. have great produce and great canned goods yes they do they do they do um i was noticing in your in your bio here you have uh what you call your first and your second you know your how you write you said you you first (laughs) life mirrors attitude share share those with us i thought those were really intriguing well i actually I don't know if you care anything about uh, horoscopes or not. I'm a Gemini. They're supposed to have two personalities. Mm -hmm. And I do uh, have a wide range of story types that I write. And and I will confess that if I'm mad at somebody, he's going to go into a story that I've mistreated him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to really be mean to the guy in that story. And I do love to have fun. I do love to play. The fact is we do muddle through life. There is no plan, no program, no no checklist that we can follow, so we might as well have fun living. And a lot of my stories reflect that. So you, you kind of answered my next question. Do you use real-life people in your characters from time to time? And I notice your one story is about a puppy. Petey Pup. Petey Pup. Everything in Petey's book was written by Petey. Actually, I moved into his persona and wrote it for him. Uh, And everything that happened in that book is true. Image of our family life with dogs. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Four I, time, I've always time been a. Well, Petey was a Lhasa. Uh oh. <laughs> he he looked a lot like a Lhasa. He was a smart little dog, but he has the most expressive little dog that I have ever known. And I've had a lot of dogs for a long time. We rescued and cared for senior dogs until they passed away. Actually, the dog I have today came to me the youngest. The rest of them were anywhere from four to seven, eight years old when I got them. And they, you know, it, it breaks my heart, but I've got an awful large doggy graveyard in that house in Van Alstine because these senior dogs don't last forever. Well, is there anything you can but, share share from that story? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, because PD, his book is written in his own vernacular, bad grammar, spelled phonetically in some cases, but it still is a, a good sketch of what goes on in a dog's head. Do you mind if I read you just a little section for you? No, wish you would. That would be cute. He wrote these emails to his Aunt Peggy because he wanted her to sympathize with him when he got in trouble at home. Okay. Okay? And he lived with Aunt Peggy? No, he lived with me. Aunt Peggy was his champion. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. Here's his email. Dang, Aunt Peggy. A guy never knows what's going to show up in his yard. I was out running the fence line this week. I usually go around them tall, grassy-looking things in Mom's flower bed, but I caught a whiff of something lurking in there. I'm a good tracker dog, so into the grass I plowed and I run it down. I grabbed it, thinking it might make some good chomping. I hopped out of the flower bed, but patooey, I spit that thing out real quick. It tasted awful. All I could do was rub my tongue against my top teeth, hoping to get that yuck off my tongue. The faster I scrubbed, the more it foamed up. I shook my head around, and the stuff slung all over me. I ran to the water bowl, but water just made it get all in my mouth. There I stood, foaming and drooling when Mom come out the door. Petey, what on earth have you gotten hold of now? Moms can be dumb sometimes. If I knew what it was and that it was going to booger me up like that, would I have latched onto it? Worse, the the uh, guilty one just sat at the edge of the flower bed looking plumb satisfied with himself. When Mom saw him, she went right over there and plucked him up. Did I say moms can be dumb? Mom, look what that thing did to me. It tastes terrible. Don't put it in your mouth. Thank goodness she listened to me. Instead of trying to eat it, she took it to the back fence and dropped it over into the alley serves the thing right. I was hoping a garbage truck would come down the alley and smush it before it could hop away. Then she turned and eyed me real close-like. I dared not gulp. That would have made the yuck go down my throat, but that look in her eye meant things couldn't be going good for me. Petey, let's get all that out of your mouth, then I'll check online to see if you need to see the vet. Yikes, not the vet again. Then she come at me and plucked me right up. She turned on the garden hose and washed my mouth out. I nearly drowned, but the slick feeling on my tongue was going away. She hosed down my face and head and then my whole body. No shampoo, no massage, no nothing. She left me dripping in the yard. What? No towel dry, no blow dry? 
When she come back out, she tugged my jaws open and looked in there close-like. Well, Petey, it's a good thing you didn't bite, Mr. Toad. According to what I read, you'll be no worse for wear. Your mouth looks okay. She hugged me wet and all. Let's go get a real bath and I'll dry you right. She held my face in her hands. Petey, please leave toads alone from now on. Next time you might not be as lucky. No problem there, Mom. I'm nobody's fool. Once is enough. Yuck. (laughs) That's cute. And that's the way his book is written. So we can expect that throughout the book, just his his vernacular. Oh, that sounds sounds like I wrote the first chapter describing how I rescued him. And then in the back of the book are biographies of all of the dogs. There was a cat and two other dogs in his book. I'll have to get that book. That sounds really, really interesting. Can I ask you, have you written your whole life? When did you start writing? Or, you know, was there something that triggered, said, I need to start writing? Actually, as long as I can remember, I have been writing. When I found out that letters made words and words made sentences, uh, when my grandmother passed away, for example, Uh, Mother had a box of her keepsakes, and in that box was a letter that I had written to her about maybe second or third grade. I was just learning cursive. It was very obvious by the handwriting. And that little letter said, Dear Grandmother, how are you? We are fine. I have to go now. Brother's about to get a spanking, and I need to watch. (laughs) <laughs> so you've always had a sense of humor as well Oh yeah, yeah You're not going to get through life very well If you don't have a sense of humor Well, with You know, with that being said What do you wish your readers take away From reading each of your books? I guess it was probably something different From each of the books Since they're different, different topics Well, Petey's book I think that they would take away A, that They feel good when it's over, even though there are ups and downs in it, and Petey handles them in a very successful way. And I hope that carries the message that if you handle your ups and downs in a good way, you will carry away a better feeling about the situation. Okay. The second book is... Hold on. Can you hold your thought for a minute? Because we need to go to a commercial, and we'll get right back with Pat Haddock, and she will tell us all about her other books. Love to read? Love to meet authors in person? Then check out bookfestival.network to find a book festival in your region of Texas. We are adding book festival events throughout the year, so sign up to get notices and even a coupon towards purchase of a Texas author's book. Sign up at bookfestival.network. Howdy, I'm John Cruder, the Midnight Marauder. I guess you might say that I'm a vigilante who writes the wrongs I see along my many travels to balance the scales of justice, especially those of the corrupt and murderous members of the town council of Bandera, Texas. You can follow my many adventures in a series of Midnight Marauder books written by Roy Clinton on Amazon.com and TopWesterns.com. Or, if you prefer, 
Listen to my adventures in audiobook form by downloading them from audible.com or iTunes. This is R. William James, the voice of the Midnight Marauder. A new online bookstore, IndieLector.store, is unlike any other. IndieLector.store offers great prices from top indie authors and supports authors at the same time by paying them more for their books. IndieLector.store has a reader's club that gives you free books and special deals. Watch the IndieLector.store continue to grow before it opens in the fall of 2019 at IndieLector.store. Remembrances from the Heart is a compilation book of heartfelt eulogies and poems that honor the deceased and comfort the living. Beautifully illustrated and spiritually written by Christian author Vicki Valen Johnson, who has created an artistry of words that will be healing for those suffering and inspiring to those listening, offering a sensitive message behind each passage. This cherished table book is available worldwide or at a Christian bookstore near you. For more information, please visit RememberancesFromTheHeart.com. Do you love to read great new ebooks? Visit EBG247.com. Be the first to discover the next bestseller. At EBG247, we have the web's largest selection of great new book reads, from that amazing new fiction or nonfiction to horror, romance, and fantasy. We even have today's best children's books. That's EBG247.com. New books arrive daily, and all ebooks start at just 99 cents. If you love to read, then you'll love EBG247. Low prices, large selection, and an easy-to-use website. It's all only at EBG247.com. You are listening to Dear Texas Radio, a program of Dear Texas Read, and sponsored by Texas Authors Incorporated. If you would like to ask today's guest author a question, please do so on Twitter using the hashtag DearTexasRadio. However, not all questions will be answered during the show. Now sit back and enjoy listening to today's show and learn about a Texas author and their books. This is Charlotte Canyon, and we have the pleasure of speaking with Pat Haddock. Now, Pat, I interrupted you a minute ago, so if you'd like to continue on telling us about the books. Okay. I, I was pretty well done with Petey's book. The next one was Amelia's Gift. And that's the story of a 10-year-old girl, and it's set in the mid-1950s in a small town. Uh, and it teaches our 10-year-old girls today. It, it gives them an avenue to connect with grandparents where they understand where grandma's coming from when she talks. Um, most Girls about that age are into fantasy and other things. So Amelia's gift is not going to hold their attention. But I'll tell you what, ladies in their oh, late 60s to early 80s love it. They're going to eat it up because they can go back to a kinder, gentler time when what you did made a real difference. This little 10-year-old girl in the book is fighting to save a movie theater that's about to be shut down. It's the only activity the kids in that little town have. 
and she sets out to campaign to save it. The last one is a collection, like I said, of short stories. Some of them are a little spooky because I was angry with somebody. Some of them are just described family life. Some of them are just rib-tickling events that happened, and I recorded them. Uh, And then others are, there's a historical novel in there. And I have one story in there called Snake that my late son wrote. And I put that in there as a tribute to him and the talent that we never got to enjoy. There's another one in there called Potsy, and that's my mother's story of when she was a little four-year-old girl and her experience with her father who had a peg leg and it was replaced by a prosthesis and she believed her daddy had grown a new leg. So that's a sweet story. Now, I have three in the mill But those were kind of mired down until I attended Writers in the Field in October. That's where experts in several fields get together and they, writers can go firsthand and they can dye fabric or they can make soap or they can find out how forensics works in a crime scene. there were just so many educational things there. One, two, two uh, separate sessions that absolutely solved my problem that I was facing in one of my books. So I should be able to finish that one sometime in 19. The other one, I plan to attend another one of those sessions, and I should be able to get that one. The third one is based on my grandfather's life story. Oh. He uh, he believed, well, he was in a nice fight when he was a young man, and he fled Tennessee because the the fellow he fought with was the sheriff's son, and he knew he wouldn't get a fair trial. So he fled to Texas, left his home, never had contact with his family for many, 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 many years because he was he was a killer. He married, he embraced his wife's family, and, oh, I'm sure that it was 20, 25 years later when his grandfather passed away. He got on a bus and rode back to Tennessee. In the dead of night, he went out to the cemetery and carved his granddaddy's initials on the field stone that was at the head of his grave came back into town and got on the bus early in the morning to get back home. And as the bus pulled out of the station, the man he thought he'd killed walked down the street. Whoa. That'll be an intriguing story. Yeah, Yeah. that'll be an intriguing story. That one has given me trouble. Uh, I kept getting uh, other authors saying, you just can't write a good book if you don't plot it out, and I'm one of those seat-of-the-pants writers. It comes to me and my characters tell me what they're going to do. And I tried to fit him into a pattern, and I would try to follow that, that outline. And the next thing you know, he's doing something that I never even planned for him to do. It it's just sort of 
it just came out, and I, I just have no control over my characters. They do what they well please. <laughs> well, and you mentioned something earlier, and if there's other authors listening, you mentioned that it's very good to do your research. It's very good to listen to other authors who have been down the road who know how to do the research, especially if you have, you know, forensics, you know, that you need to know mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I, t- I totally re- agree with that, uh, because my mm-hmm. topic, I I belong to about four different associations, so I can stay on top of it. Um, the, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. I'm a speaker as well. Do you go out and speak, um, or do you do book signings? I, and, uh, I, yeah. Well, actually, uh, some of my book signings are kind of impromptu. Right. Uh, okay. I may have my books. For example, we just had a craft sale here at Our Development. And I put my books in there. And before you know it, we're having a little book signing and a little short lecture on how the book came about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't planned. It was totally impromptu. But it did sell all of the books I took with me. Very good. Very so good. So my, my advice to to other writers is, A, join writing groups. One of them won't fit you, but find one that will. Find one that is supportive. It's going to help you. You do need critique. Take it in good humor. You don't have to do what they tell you to do, but do take the advice. Yeah. The second well, thing t- that I would... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, go the ahead. Second your second thing, thing. The second thing I would advise is get out there. If Texas authors offer so many opportunities for writers, take advantage of them. Right. There are times when we can, there are times when we can't, but every time you can, do it. Okay. Can and you tell us thing, where we can get your books? My we're, books we're, are available on Amazon and Kindle. Can you, you? But you can also get them at books.texasauthors.com? That's right. Yeah. And all of your books are out there available? They're on Amazon and Kindle. I've got to send some more to Texas authors. Gotcha. Well, you better get get on the stick because after them hearing you on the radio today, they're going to be wanting your books. And if I had to right. buy the first book, which which one of them do you think I should buy first? What are you interested in? You're interested in dogs, <laughs> girl, little girls, Cooking or so that's that's stories. my my choice. Well, Pat, yeah. it has been they're, a pleasure. Yeah, it has been a pleasure talking with you. This is Pat Haddock, and she's got several books out there. So be sure and go out and check them out. My name is Charlotte Canyon, and I've been your host for the evening. And I have one little note for you: A rose is like a book. You can't know its beauty until you look at it. And a book is like a rose. You won't know its full beauty until you open it. This is Charlotte. You have a nice day. Thank you for listening to Dear Texas Radio, where we encourage everyone to drop everything and read a great book by a Texas author. More information about this show or any of our shows from the past years can be found at radio.deartexas.info. That's radio.deartexas.info. I'm Randy James. 
your announcer for Deer Texas Radio.